Uh, for those of you who are not here and you're listening online, I uh, thought it was a better day to go to the beach. Um, well, we're glad, that, uh, we're glad that you're taking some time wherever you are, in your car or wherever, just uh, allowing God's Word to be put in your heart. Thank you for that. Um, we are, if you haven't been here for a little bit, uh, or you missed the last couple of weeks, or uh, you, maybe it's your first time here, we, are, we do things in series. We feel like we could try and talk about everything in one day, but it's just not going to happen. So we've been spending some time talking about this thing called the heart. Uh, a number of weeks ago, we had week one, and we talked about how the heart of God the Father is for you. He cares deeply about you. Some of the words we sang in the songs today is that he, he, God, has, his heart is for you. And then in week two, we, uh, we talked about the fact that God's looking at our hearts, so we probably should be as well. And as I've been kind of taking my own uh, messages to heart and looking and saying, God, what are you, what are you doing? It's not, a, it's not always what he finds in there that's always that pleasant, but uh, he brings things to the surface so he can change them and bring about things for our good. Uh, and so this morning we're going to talk about uh, one more topic, uh, one more thought when it comes to the heart. But before we do that, I just want you to watch this funny video that I found. The moral of that story is be careful who you trust. Be careful who you trust. I want to talk about that this morning. Trust is a powerful word. And actually, that's probably a really good advertisement for you You should be here. For those who listen to that online, that probably was much more effective if you were here. But uh, trust, very powerful word. Um, uh, And usually we recognize the power of it when it's uh, been broken rather than when it's uh, been seen. And um, maybe you would relate. um, Have you ever had someone break your trust? I think we would all say, yes, I don't need a show of hands to see that. But maybe, you know, you told at your school, you know, you told your best friend your secret, you know, and and all of a sudden, you know, by the next break, everyone in school seems to have heard about it already. Uh, Or maybe you lent somebody something precious to you. You lent them your car and they brought it back broken and said, ah, sorry about that. Maybe you lent them something even more precious or gave something more precious, gave your heart in a relationship, and uh, they cheated on you, or they, they broke your heart. They didn't respect you at all, and you, that trust gets broken, and we've all had experiences like that, and it takes time to, uh, to rebuild that trust, and sometimes it's not even possible. Sometimes in the relationships, trust is never rebuilt, and it hurts, and if we talk about it and we describe you know, what it feels like to have trust broken, it feels horrible, right? Wouldn't we agree? It feels pretty rotten to have that happen to you. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, have, you ever been on the, have you ever been on the other end where you're the one who broke someone's trust? And that sucks too, eh? It feels horrible as well. You know, you're the one who you know you've hurt them, and you're apologizing, and you're trying to make it right. Uh, 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 hey, honey, I'll try and do better, or what, what can I do to, to fix this? And you try and rebuild it, and, and all around it just feels horrible. You know, this idea of trust, it's a very, very powerful thing. Some of you have some of your greatest regrets had these words in it. Someone said to you, just trust me. And then you're like, ah, you know, I I did and and, and didn't go very well. And sometimes we look at people and we think, you know, 
People are just way too trusting. Maybe you know those people. You're like, they, they trust too much. They trust others too much. And I, I found some people online that I thought uh, trust people too much, like this golfer. Uh, that's definitely, uh, he, he, he trusts somebody too much, you know. Or, or the, 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 the thing where the husband says, hey, honey, don't worry. There's no sharks in these waters. We can go diving here, no problem. Uh, or this trapeze uh, artist saying, hey, just trust me. This is going to work out fine. You know, I think about it personally, I, I thought, you know, my wife Beth, she has this thing over the past 15 years that we've been married, um, so every, like sometimes when I'm giving her a hug, she'll, uh, as I'm giving her a hug, she'll stick her fingers up in my armpits and just, and just hold them there, and, and I'm super ticklish, right? So I'm just like, oh, and I freeze right away, and she's like, just trust me, and, and I try, I really try, you know, and if I put my arms down just even a little bit, she tickles away, right? And I've known over time, she's like, just trust me. I'm like, okay, I trust you. And then she tickles me. I'm like, it's like, it blows the, blows the trust. And I'm like, those things, kind of things are, well, they're a little bit humorous. They're not, uh, they're not uh, big things. But some, some of these trust things are, are, are not funny at all. Uh, my kids and I, we watch America's Got Talent. And, and, you know, as you click through it, it's kind of a little addictive because it's like, since you watched one, YouTube recommends the next one, the next one. And then, and then there was this one, AGT gone wrong. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea to watch with my kids. And I click it. And they showed these guys, Ryan, um, I believe his name's Ryan Stock, and her name's Amber Lynn, and they have this act where she shoots a flaming arrow at that target, and at the target, which you can't see, is um, this funnel, and it has a long uh, pipe, this length of the arrow that's in his throat. So he's like trying to catch that, that arrow in that tube, and it's like, wow, everybody's like watching how he's just about crawling under his chair. He can't barely wait to see, to look, and so she shoots the arrow while she misses the target, but she doesn't miss his neck. I couldn't show the video just for the reaction that may, may be seen. There was no blood, but uh, afterwards they're like, what, what happened? And it's like this idea, how could you trust somebody to shoot an arrow at you uh, with such danger? Too trusting, sometimes too trusting. And when we, we think about things like this, and maybe it's not an experience like that where, where, the, uh, um, where it was a, a stunt gone wrong, but maybe it was a life experience gone wrong. And those experiences, they make it difficult for us to trust or to be trusting or even to build trust. And yet, even though it's difficult, I think you probably relate with me in the fact that inside there is this desire that we want to trust. We want to be able to trust people. We want to be able to trust our spouse. We want to be able to trust our friends. We have this thing in us that wants to trust. And on the flip side of it, it's like, ah, I don't know if, if I can that internal desire versus that pressure from the outside, who can you really trust, really? Who can you trust, really? Bernie May tells the story of a father and a son on a ladder, and maybe you've heard this before. Is the, uh, you know, it's the, that, that, that old story, the dad takes his son out and says, hey, come on, come on, climb up to the ladder, son, and then when you get to the top, I just want you to fall back, and, and I'll catch you. I'll catch you. And the son's like, I don't know, I don't know. And I don't know if I can do that. And he coaxes him up to the top. And as he's convincing him, he's like, I'm your dad. I'll catch you. You can just drop back. And finally, finally, after enough of persuasion, the, the child, he decides, yeah, I'm going to fall back. And as soon as he does, dad walks away and lets him hit the ground. He didn't hear that story before. Oh. Then he picks him up, he gets down, and he dusts him off, and he wipes away his tear, and he picks him up, and he says, let that be a lesson to you. You can't trust anyone. I don't know. I know. You know, tough love, that's just tough. You know, and you think about it, you think, man, that's horrible. 
But there's lots of people who have had parents do the same thing, just not in the same way. Broken trust. There's lots of relationships that have had the same thing, just not in the same way. It was like you put yourself out there, and they just kind of let you hit the ground. And it, it, it's those things that make it hard on the inside for us to trust. And then, and then we read things in the Bible. And we read these verses, and we see them. We, some of them memorize them. It was a, a guy named Jason Healy used to come here. It was his favorite verse. We read things like this, and we're like, huh, how, how do we do this? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Solomon wrote these words. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You trust God with all your heart. And you read like that word trust, and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I want to do that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, consider him. Acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. And yet there's part, part of us that says, I, I don't really know that I can trust anyone. And when I hear those things, yeah, it's a nice Bible verse, but can I live that thing out of trusting God with, with everything? I, I feel like I can trust God with some things, but, 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 but everything, the all? You know, that, that idea of trusting God with all and, and having a difficult time with that, it's not really new. It, it actually started way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve or just mankind in general, and maybe you don't believe in Adam and Eve, but you just see, if you look back through history, that this has always been the case. Adam and Eve, you know, God has them, and uh, he says, you know, you can trust me, and yet they, they wonder about that. They're like, you know what, I, I can just picture them in their minds thinking, well, I don't know if I can trust that God's really good. You know, that snake told me that, that God's actually withholding things from me. He's not telling me everything. You know, I don't know that God actually has my best interest in mind. I don't even know if God's really telling us the truth, Eve. You know, to be honest, I don't know if God really cares about us. He's just, we're like his little slaves in this little project of his or something. I don't really know. And after we know, you know, after taking the apple, thinking, hey, I got to do this ourselves, they recognize and realize, uh-oh, God wasn't, wasn't happy about this. And then they, the next lie came in. It's like, I, I, I don't think he loves us anymore. Eve, we got to get out of here. Let's hide. I, I don't think that God is trustworthy. And, you know, instead of trusting God, instead of trusting the goodness of God, the truth, the, 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 the right um, relationship with God that they had, they decided to trust themselves. And it's something that we've been doing ever since. Instead of saying, God, I trust you, they're like, I got this. I got this. You know, there's talking with a friend of mine this week. He's a bass player. And he's uh, actually going for bass lessons. And his teacher was telling him this week, it's like, I'm so frustrated with all the, all the students who come to, to my bass class. He's like, he says, I teach them the lick. And then they're like, oh, yeah. They're like, okay, teacher, okay, I got this. He's like, he says, I sit there and I think, no, you don't got this. You're like, you tell me, hey, you stop. I got this. And he says, in a week from now, you come back and you're like, what was that again? He's like, I just want to make T-shirts for everyone that says, you don't got this, you know, or I got this with a big X through it because you don't got this. And I was like, you know what? I think there's a whole lot more people that need that T-shirt. You know, history, history would show us again and again that every time, um, every time there's an I got this, the end result of it is emptiness. I got this leads to emptiness. You know, you see it, Adam and Eve, they're like, I got this, God. You know, you've got, you've, you've got our lives figured out. You've got this idea of how life should work. No, no, I, I got this. And they grab the apple. What does it lead to? Empty garden and an empty heart. You know, then you see other stories we talked about the last couple of weeks. Abraham, God says to Abraham, I'll make you the father of many nations. Who's going to do it? Not a trick question. I'll make you the father of many nations, God says to him. And he's like, you know what, God? That's great, but I got this. Hey, Hagar, come to my tent. I got this. 
you know, it, it, it led to an emptiness in that promise and conflict ever since. Moses, God said to him, Moses, go, go speak to the rock and I'll have water come out. And he's like, no, it's okay, God, I got this. And he gets out his slugger bat and he smashes the rock and water comes out. And what happens, it leads to an empty future for Moses. He misses the promised land as a result of, I got this. Last week we talked about Saul and God said to him, Saul, do as I say. And he's like, no, it's all right. You know, I got this. And because the king did it, it led to an empty throne. Solomon, who wrote those words, trust in the Lord with all your heart, you know, he wrote it and he's like, you know, I don't know, I got this. And later on, he writes a book called Ecclesiastes, which just details the, the, the words of an empty life. I got this leads to emptiness. And it's the same today. It really is. Maybe it's you, maybe it's others around you, but you, you look at and you know people like this. They're, they're in this pursuit of happiness. There's something on the inside where they're like, you know, I, I, want, I, I want to satisfy something in here. There's a longing in here, but, but I, I got this. And I'll chase all kinds of things. You know, like, for instance, money. I have a friend of mine who was uh, sitting with him the other day, and he, uh, he just simply <laughs> said to me, he's like, Mark, he says, you know, you got your Christianity and stuff, but he says, you realize that, that I, I've, you know, I've made more money and spent more money in one year than you'll make in 10? I was like, well, that's depressing, but... But as I talked to him, I said, you know, you know what, what kind of what are your dreams and aspirations? He began telling me about how he's got big plans to start this huge business, and, and he's going to need a million dollars or more in a loan. And he asked if I would sponsor him. I'm like, you just told me I have nothing, right? But, uh, you know, I can't invest in that. But, but uh, so as we were talking about it, I, 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 I said, you know, you work so hard. He's like, yeah. He says, but once I got that and, and a couple other things in place, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to take some time to spend time with my wife and spend time with my kids and and, and so I, I just asked him, I'm like, yeah, you have, all, you have all this money. You flaunt all this money, but does it really satisfy? Like, are you really satisfied inside? You, yeah, you think you have more than me, but are you satisfied? And as we sat there in his truck, he's, you just see the wheels turn. He's like, no, not, not, not yet. And I'm like, well, when? How, how many dollars? And he began to think, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's this thought of, you know what, I got this, I got this, and yet it leads to emptiness. You know, maybe you know somebody who they just, they can never be single. They're always running to this next relationship thinking, oh, that last guy was a dork, but the next one. Oh, wait, no, he was too, but the next one. You know, or they always have to have, you know, girlfriends or whatever, and it's like always in these relationships or the marriage. They thought, you know, that first one didn't work, but the next one's going to work. That one's going to be better only to find out after a year that there's still emptiness. Why? Because I got this always leads to emptiness. Maybe for you, it's more so similar to mine, is that you try and control all the outcomes. You're like, you're trying to control your life and make things happen. This is the one that is God's been digging in my heart. This is a hard one for me. You know, we, we were like, <laughs> God's like, trust in me with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And, and yet there's this pressure that I've got to make things happen. That, you know, for me, saying, hey, the, the success of this church depends on how I do. You know, if I don't hit the sermons out of the park, if I'm not like the best pastor for everyone, uh, you know what? And he's like, listen, it's not about you. It's about me. You know, I'm building a house. I lay awake at night. I'm like, is that trust supposed to be that size? I'm like, oh. And he's like, you, you're 4 o'clock till 5.30 in the morning thinking about these things. He's like, listen, you know, when you just always trusting and just in you and I got this, what does it lead to? Anxiety, sleepless nights, and empty peace on the inside. And you know, for some, it's this idea of right relationship with God. You, you, you want to know where you stand with God. 
And maybe you're here this morning because of that. You're like, you know, I've been doing a whole bunch of bad things. I, I better get my butt to church. You know, I got to, like, get in some brownie points with God. And, and he's saying, you know what? You, you, can't, you can't get in better in, in my good books by stuff you do. And, and he says, I, I sent my son for you. Because you can't, you just need to receive what I've, what I've done for you, receive the forgiveness. She's like, no, that's okay, God, I know you did that, but I, but I got this. I'm going to behave better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep more rules. I'm going to go, I'll volunteer. I'll even give in the offering. I got this. But in the end, you know, I see so many Christians still with an empty soul, emptiness. And so Jesus, one day sitting on a mountainside with his disciples and a whole bunch of others in the crowd gathered around, he kind of talked about this same topic with them. And you can follow along if you'd like. Matthew chapter 6, I'd love for you to do that. Just uh, go kind of to the middle and keep going a little bit. It's Matthew chapter 6. When you start seeing red letters, you're, the, you're there. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Here's what Jesus said to this group as they, uh, they were sitting there. He, he was actually talking to them about trust and about how so, too many of them, uh, people around were trusting in their money. And he's saying, you know what? I don't love money because it'll become your master. And when it masters you, it's going to control you, and you won't be able to serve that master and another one. You're not going to be able to say, serve money and serve God. He says, and don't, don't love money and don't trust in it because you store up all this money. You could be gone tomorrow. He says, there's something more important than that, and here's what he lets us in on. Matthew chapter 6, 20, 25 says, this is why I tell you not to worry. That idea of worry is, I'm telling you not to, you don't need to be in charge of your outcome. You don't need to be the one who's trying to make sure that you've got it all together, because it just leads to this thing called worry. He says, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't your life more than food? And isn't your body more than clothing? He says, the priority is, is and the value. He says, you, you misunderstand the value. He says, don't worry about everyday life. Everyday life. You know, as, uh, at a VBS meeting this week, we had this devotional, and they shared it was about the prin- about a principal who was at a new school, and as he was, uh, he was checking in the first day, all of a sudden he sees all the teachers going in and out of the stock room with all kinds of materials, and he's, he looks, and he's like, the last school he came from was like Fort Knox. If you wanted a pencil, you had to have a requisition form, and he's like, where's all the requisition forms? Where's all that stuff going? And he, the teachers are so just going so quick, he can't talk to anybody, he, so he stops the janitor and says, hey, what's going on with all of this? He says, don't, he says, don't you think it's like a bad idea that the teachers can just take everything out of the stock room without any requisition forms? And the janitor just looks at him and says, well, we trust them with our children. Shouldn't we trust them with the pencils? You know what? It's, it's, it's that thought. But that, that hits home for us because really that story is not about principles but about us. So many Jesus followers say, God, I trust you with my eternity, but what about today? God, I can trust you that you saved my soul and I'm going to heaven, but I don't know if I can trust you with this money thing. I don't know if I can trust that you care about my relationships. I don't know if I can trust you with this parenting thing. I don't know if I can trust you with that. We trust him. He's saying, you can trust me with the big stuff, but you can trust me with the small stuff as well. I don't know if I can trust. And then he goes on. He says this, look at the birds. Look at the birds. You see, what we don't often picture is we're sitting in a building and we don't really see any birds. So, you know, he's... But he's stopping them on that hillside. He says, hey, you know, you guys are trusting in all the wrong things. He says, see that? See that bird? See the, 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 the flock of birds flying over? He says, they don't plant. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns. And your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they? Stop and listen to the birds for a minute. Have you done that recently? Here, we'll show you one real quick. Stop and see this beautiful bird. 
He says, this bird, he's not harvesting, he's not planting, he's not trying to be a farmer. And you know what, he's, what this bird is? He's a preacher. He says, this bird is telling you something powerful just by looking at it. If you just realize that every bird is beautiful as this or not, he says, even this one may be worth a couple hundred bucks, but you're worth way more. And then he says this, he says, your heavenly father. He's like, we're not talking about God who's thousands of miles away. We're talking about a perfect heavenly father who wants relationship with you. He says, aren't you far more valuable than that bird? He's asking you the same thing. Wouldn't we, wouldn't we think that this morning? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm more valuable than that. Especially to God, verse 27, he says, can all the worries add a single moment to your life? Can you trying to arrange your life and get everything figured out, can you even add a single minute to your life? When you're trusting you, when you're trusting in your own, um, in your own abilities for, for life and to, for the things that matter, he says, it just leads to worry. It leads, you know, uh, I guess what Dr. Phil used to always say, you know, how's that working for you? You know, how's it working for you to be trying to control everything? Well, it leads to anxiety during the day, sleepless nights. Verse 28, he says, so why worry about your clothing? He says, look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory wasn't dressed as beautiful as they are. If God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, thrown into the fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? What is he saying to them? He's like, hey, he saw the birds. He's like, just stop for a minute and smell the roses. Stop and see the flowers. You know, you look at these flowers, and the men are like, oh, that looks like 50 bucks. You know, like the, this, this flowers that we, we've put enough value in to say, hey, we're going to send some cut flowers to our spouse. And then two weeks later, it's laying in the garbage. You're like, there's my love. You know, it's, it's, this, it's this value. He says, listen, this stuff is just, it's just temporary. But it's beautiful, no? He says, don't you realize how important you are? These things are just, they last a couple of weeks, but you, you're eternal. Have you ever thought of the value of eternal things? What if you had like a debit account that never ran out? <laughs> That's pretty valuable, eh? You know, what if you had like, you know, food that never, never ran out? You could just go to the cereal box that just kept pouring. I mean, that would be, my kids would be like, That's the most valuable thing on the planet. You, you're, you're eternal. You're, you're never going to end. There's an incredible value in that. And he says, you know, God certainly cares about you because you care about eternal things. Him much more so. And he asked him that last sentence. Maybe you can put that last verse up there. He says at the last, at the end of the verse, after he explains to them about flowers and birds, he says this. So why do you have so little faith? The actual translations of those words are, why do you trust so little? Why do you trust too little. So, you know, you can trust me, but why do you trust too little? Sometimes we trust ourselves and others too much, and we trust God too little. And it's this thing of we're not sure about trust and how we can trust, and it affects the way we trust. But God knows us. He knows that about you. He knows that it's difficult for you to trust. But the thing is, he wants you to know him. You know why? That's how trust is built. As you get to know someone, you get to realize whether you can trust them or you can't. And he's saying, if you get to know me, you'll know that you can trust me. I want you to know that you can trust me. And I want you to know me. And that's why he sent Jesus. Jesus came to reveal the Father. And so, you know, when we go back to Adam and Eve and their thoughts of like, I don't know, I can't, I don't know if I can trust that God is good. And Jesus had this conversation with some people. And they're like, you know, you're a good teacher. He's like, don't call me good. He's like, there's none that's good but God. He's like, yeah, you're right. Look around. There's no good around us, but he is. You know, and Adam and Eve may have thought, you know, I don't trust that God has my best interest in mind. I think he's all about him. 
Paul wrote to the Philippians and said, have the same attitude that Jesus had, that who didn't consider heaven and eternity something to be held on to, but he put, he put others' um, uh, interests above his own, and he came for us. He's like, that's how God thinks of it. He, if he's going to put your interests above, above, uh, above his own, you know that he cares about you. I don't know if I can trust that God's telling me the truth. Jesus said, you know what? I am the truth. There's no, I can't tell anything else. There's, God's not a, a man that he would lie. You can trust that what he's saying is true. I don't know that God really cares about me. Peter would write and say, listen, you cast your cares on him because he cares about you. I don't know that, that God really loves me. And I hear this all the time. People sitting in church and they're like, I'm not sure that God really loves me. Every time to come to church, all I feel is guilt. All I feel is shame. All I can see is all the things I've done wrong. And he's saying, listen, you know what? You keep, every time you're thinking that, that's because you're thinking I got this. Or somehow I have to got this. And he says, you know what I want you to focus on? This. I got this. Yeah, God, I messed up this week. He's like, that's, that's okay. I, I got this. Let me, let me make it right. Let's start over. You know, God, I, I did a whole lot of things bad this week. Yeah, I got this. He wants that thought every single day of saying, you know what, Jesus, I just simply trust you, that you got this, that you got this, you've got my life, that I, my life is in your hands, that I trust it all to you, that, that my dreams and my plans and my day-to-day and my parenting and my struggles and my temptations and all of that stuff, Jesus, I'm trusting you with it all. Jesus ends this kind of part of this conversation with them with these verses, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. He says, don't worry. <laughs> don't trust you about all of these things, saying what are we going to eat and what are we going to drink and what will we wear. I think Andy Stanley said of this, what will me eat? What will me drink? What will me wear? It's me, me, me. He said, get eyes off me and simply onto him. He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, the ones who aren't following God. He says, but your heavenly father, your father, he knows all your needs. And so he says, seek the kingdom of God first, his way of doing right above all else and live righteously, his way of being right. Seek that first and he'll give you everything you need. Seek him in order to find him, you know, in, in getting to know him, that you'll be able to know you can trust him. And he says, you know what? When you trust me, believe me, I'll take care of everything you need. See, the problem for us, though, is in our culture, needs and wants are the same thing for us. He's like, I'm not going to give you everything you want because you actually don't know what you, what you need. I'll make sure you have what you need. See, but we, we, we don't want certain things. We don't want struggle. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to give you the strength you need when you face that struggle. Well, I don't want hurt, and I don't want heartache. And when I feel those things, I think God must have abandoned me. He's like, no, you need to trust me that I'm going to give you what you need. I don't, I don't want that doctor's report. And he's like, I know you don't, but I know what you need is my presence with you in every single step of the way. God, I, I don't want my relationship breakdown. He's like, I know you don't. And, and I'm not causing that, but I know what you need. You need a love on the inside that you don't, you're not needing it from them so you can just simply share my love with them. He's like, I, I've got this. It's all those things that we don't really want. You know, this week, uh, Colombia lost to England in the World Cup. Yes, and there's all the English-British fans. Okay, we're going to talk to you people over here. <laughs> Colombia lost to England in the round of 16 in the World Cup. Uh, this, And you know what? I love the headlines. Because as the uh, British were just all flaunting, and their proud pride comes before the fall. We'll talk about that another time. The Colum- I'm just kidding. The Colombians, here's the headlines of the Colombian players. It said this, Colombian players express their trust in Jesus in victory and in defeat. 
And as I read that, you know, it talked about how this, this, thing, this group, they're not just, we're not Christians. They said, we're, we're followers of Jesus. The one guy, Yeri Minna, scores a goal, and as they're all cheering for him, you can watch the video. He says, no, no, no. He's like, him, don't cheer for me. Just realize there's a God. And as they went to penalty shots, Yeri and, his, and a couple of the others, Falcao and another one, gathered them together and said, fellas, let's pray. We're not praying to win. We're praying that, that God may be seen through this moment. And as they got into the penalty shootout, they lost the penalty shootout. And they prayed again together on the field after. And here's what they posted all over social media. Here's Yeri Mena's Instagram. It says, in the midst of the sadness, I can still lift my eyes to you, Lord Jesus, and say thank you for bringing us to this point, for giving us strength and courage for this and much more. All honor and glory be to you, my God. I'm like, those are powerful thoughts. But li- listen, that, that's just a game. That's just a game. But on a stage like that to say, if I can say that on that stage, it means he can say it in every stage. That God, you know what, I trust you, win or lose, strength or weakness, in great times or in tough times, I trust you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 said this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he's saying it to you today. Don't lean on your own understanding. What does it mean? Trust simply means be confident. Put your trust in. You can feel safe in him, but trust him with all your heart, the totality of you. Saying, God, I trust you with my eternity, but I trust you with today, my soul, my mind, my thinking. If I can trust you with my eternity, I can trust you with this minute. And he says, not leaning on your own understanding, not trying for me to figure out how I'm going to make this all work, but in all your ways, in the way you do life, let this become the habit that you acknowledge him first. What does that mean, that word acknowledge? It means consider. It means learn about. But I love this. The translation means know him. In the way you do life, would you just know him? Because as you get to know him, you'll just, you, your habit will be that no matter what faces me, God, I didn't see that coming, but I trust you did. God, I don't know that I have what it takes to go through this, but you do. God, I, I trust you. I trust you. So in closing today, I think there's a couple groups of people here. There may be more. But I, I think this morning there's some followers of Jesus here would find yourself in the same boat as me, that we would have to answer the question, are you trusting too little with a resounding yes? That there are times in our lives where we're like, God, I've just been doing it on my own. I, I got this. I got this. And we've been trusting too little. Our life, our dreams, our plans, my house, my church, my family. I, God, I, I got this. How about you? Have you been trusting him too little? What would your life look like if this week you simply decided, God, I'm going to trust you more? What would your days look like? What would the thought process be in your days? What would your nights look like? Probably more sleep. If I say, God, I'm going to trust you more. This morning, I just trust Holy Spirit's bringing light into your heart in a situation that's specific for you. That he's saying, hey, this is it. <laughs> this, is, this is why you're here this morning. This is why you're listening. Because I'm telling you, this situation right here, you need You just need to trust me more. And for others this morning, maybe you're not a Jesus follower. You sat through, saw the pictures, laughed at the stories. You're like, what the heck is this all about? Maybe you used to follow Christ and you've wandered away because you think you can't trust God or he's let you down. I think if you investigate it more, you'll find out that that's never been the case. And maybe you're on the opposite side. You're like, you know, I've let him down. There's just way too many things I've done in my life that, that I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I can, I can trust God. But if we don't trust him, that only leaves us with one option, and that's trusting us for our happiness. 
That means I've got to figure out purpose in life. I've got to figure out value in life. I've got to figure out how to, to figure out morals in life. I've got to figure all that out. My question is, has it left you empty? Has it left you empty yet? You know, maybe you think that you've let God down too much. You sit here this morning, you're like, I've broken his trust. There's no way. Yeah, I don't think God can forgive me. I can't even forgive me. It reminds me of this last story. There's a guy named James Brown. He was sharing the story with some friends about how he was taking flying lessons. And, and part of his lessons that day was the instructor had said, I want you to, I want you to uh, just put the, the plane into a, to, um, uh, flying straight up. And as he did, he didn't realize it was going to happen, but the engine stalled on him, and all of a sudden it went out of control, and he began in a, a plummeting to the, to the earth. And as he looked at his instructor, he realized, he said, I realized my instructor wasn't going to help me at all. And so he says, it took me a few seconds. He said, it felt like eternity before my mind kicked back in. He says, I grabbed the, the, the controls and I got the plane righted. And he says, he says, it took everything in me to do. And he says, by the time that happened, he says, I looked over the instructor and I gave him a piece of my mind. I told him all my fears and frustrations and I let him have it. And he calmly sat there and he simply said this. He said, there's no situation that you can get this plane into that I can't get you out of. There's no position or situation you can get this airplane into that I can't get it out of. And he says, and the lights went on in my head. He says, I heard God speak to me through that, that no matter what I've gotten myself into, he can get me out of. And if you're here this morning and you think you've gotten yourself into something so deep that you can't get out of, you're probably right, but he can. He can, and he's calling you to come to him. He's calling you to say, God, here's my mess, but I trust it to you. God, here's, this, here's, here's the hurt. Here's the brokenness. Here's all the mistrust I have around me. Here, God, I, I give it to you. You know, B.L. Moody said it this way. You trust yourself, you're doomed to disappointment. You trust in your friends, they'll die and they'll leave you. You trust in your money, you might have it taken away from you. You trust in your reputation, some slanderous tongue may blast it, but you trust in God, and you're never going to be confounded in this time or eternity. It was Jesus' message. That, that's, that's such a memorable verse, for this is how God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that everyone who trusts in him is really what that word means, who puts their trust in him, will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge, not to condemn the world, but that through him they might be saved. If you're here this morning, you're not a Jesus follower. Are you, are you ready to put your faith in him? Are you ready to put your trust in him this morning? Really? For the Jesus followers here today, are you ready to just say, God, I, I got to trust you with all, not just with some? We're going to end today differently than we normally do. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up to the front. I'm going to we'll give you a chance to watch a quick video that just encapsulates everything we've talked about this morning. But we're not here just so you can hear me talk and then go. We're here because to hear him speak and for you to respond in some way. So as we take this moment this morning, my challenge to you is this, that as you sing these words, or maybe these ones don't fit, but you sing your own, or you pray your own words uh, 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 shortly, that you would respond to what God's doing in your heart this morning. And afterwards, if you're like, you know what, I'd really love for someone just to pray with me. I need, I, you know, I want to put my trust in Christ or I just need to trust him more. I would love to pray with you. Uh, I'd love for you to just join me up here afterwards and we'll, we'll pray together with some others. Um, we want to do that for you this morning um, because it's what Christ has done for us. So would you take a moment to, to listen to this? We'll sing, then we'll dismiss after that.
never be the same Tell me all I'm trusting you, Jesus Oh, 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 trusting you, Jesus Oh, 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 trusting you, Jesus Oh, 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 sing that chorus again trustworthy is because of you proven that your incredible love for us on the cross thank you thank you thank you father i pray for every person in this place including myself that the words of this song would become reality in our lives that today we would trust you with everything all our fears all our doubts all the temptations all our past mistakes all of it but God, also the great things, the dreams, the plans, the things, the desires in our heart that we wouldn't look to them, but we look to you. Father, for those this morning who feel like they're lost and are just unsure of everything as they reach out to you, God, would you do what we can? Would you save? You saved this morning. Father, thank you for this chance to celebrate you together as family spending time with you. God, may we take this message of hope to our world this week, wherever we find ourselves, in Tim Hortons and gas stations at our jobs. They just see you in us. God, may you be glorified through our lives this week. In your awesome name, for your glory we pray. Amen. <laughs>